Do you think there's any room left in the realm of restoration? Is there anything that has been left undone that still needs to be accomplished today? You see, I want to be someone who restores New Testament Christianity. I know that through the years there have been addendums, there have been things that have been taken away from the Word of God, and religion in many places and in many ways is far different than what you read about in the New Testament. I don't want to practice some man-made, you know, some... Um, gospel or believe and practice some gospel that has all these addendums, these changes and innovations that, that man has come up with through the centuries. I, I want to wade through all that and go all the way back to the beginning and, and just do what the Bible says to do. I, I just want to be a New Testament Christian. That's been our plea. That's the plea of this church. That's the plea of all the people here today. Is, and that's what we're trying to do. I don't want to be a, a this kind of church or a that kind of church. I just want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a member of his church that he established. I want to do the things that he tells me to do and, and leave off the things that he would rather me not do. Is there anything left undone? I'm not talking about form. I'm talking about function today. In form, I think we have done what needed to be done. We've restored New Testament Christianity. We, we meet together on the first day of the week. We partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. We lift our voices in praise to Him, uh, in our worship. We pray to God. We, we, you know, the, those things, the form, we, we baptize by immersion. The form, I think, has been restored. But what about the function? Is there room for improvement in how I live my life? Now, that's where I believe that we can continue to do better and, and get closer to the expectations that God has for us. Thus, the name of this series that we're going to begin today. It's called Disciple Shift um, instead of Discipleship. Because I think that in order to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus that God is proud of, there may be some shifts, minor as they may be, there may be some shifts that we need to make in our conduct or in our attitudes to better conform ourselves to the image of Jesus. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some ways in which we need to maybe shift some things just a little bit to get back to restoring New Testament Christianity. Um, A few years ago, there was, um, well, there was a family that, that went to church, a young couple. They had grown up in this congregation for a long time. And, uh, they had, uh, been very well acquainted with the workings of the congregation, I began to see signs in them that they weren't happy in that congregation. And I began to see that uh, it began to show in their, their attendance. And so one day, myself and another person went to visit that couple and we said, hey, what's going on? This couple used to be very dynamic, very active, and now they're just kind of 
Well, you can see they're going in the opposite direction. And that couple said, well, you know what? We're, we're struggling. We're not real happy at church. You see, we, we see things there that just ought not be. We see attitudes in people that shouldn't exist. And, and, um, we're thinking about going somewhere else. Um, so and so hurt our feelings a couple weeks ago. We were sitting there. Our child was there and we're trying to take care of them and they said something to us that we didn't appreciate. And, um, there were other matters, some, uh, maturity that needed to take place and some other members that they saw, they pointed those things out. And, um, because of those things, they said, we're, we're leaving. We're going to go somewhere else to church. Another story. There was a couple who had been a member of the church for some time. Uh, they had left and uh, had come back. And after they had come back, I remember going back in the foyer after a sermon one day, and this man, a very big, gruff man, was standing in the foyer crying like a baby. And I went up to him and I talked to him. I asked him what's going on. <clears throat> they were singing, uh, you know, some of the closing songs. And he, uh, he said, I'm just, I, I can't express the joy that I have to be back. Um, I'm thrilled. This church here has meant so much to me. The people here have, have helped to build us up. They've helped us at every turn. They, I just can't express how I feel to be back home, to be safe, to be serving God. And I'm just overwhelmed. The interesting thing is that both of those people were describing the same congregation. How can two people have such differing views of the same church? That's what I want us to talk about and, and what we can do maybe to fix that. You know, according to recent statistics, and the lesson this morning, as we talk about this general theme of discipleship shift, is that we're going to be talking about a membership today. Um, are there changes that need to be made with respect to our church membership? Membership. Um, Statistics say that nine out of ten churches from 2004 to 2010, and I'm talking about churches in a broad sense, they lost ground. They declined in their numbers. Another statistic that I thought was very interesting as I was studying for this, those people who were born before 1946, the, 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 the builder generation, Two-thirds, or 66% of them, are regular churchgoers. Two out of three of those people from that era, they, they go to church regularly. The millennial generation, those born since 1980 and to, through today, 15% are churchgoers on a regular basis. What has happened? I mean, we've had a generation of people that 
have had close connections to two-thirds realized, at least seemed to realize the importance of being a member of the church, having connections or ties to a church, the generation that is now, they don't. Only 15% regularly attend church. So what has happened and why is that? And, and, you know, here's what we can do. We can blame a bunch of people. There are a lot of people we can blame. We can blame society. We, we can blame it on our secular culture. We can say, well, look at the world. I mean, everybody, they're just bombarded with secularism. There's no religious instruction. Everything mocks religion. We live in a time when uh, there are things that are taking place that just, you know, it's overwhelmed us and we've just... We've lost our Christian heritage. We've become a secular society. That's why, you know, we see what we see in churches. It's easy to blame society. It's easy to blame uh, politics, our government. Can you believe what some of the things uh, our senators, our legislators, our presidents in the last couple decades, can you imagine and can you believe what they've done, what they stand for instead of standing against? The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we live in a time when our political leaders don't stand in whole for righteousness. In fact, they stand and argue for unrighteousness. So we can blame it on that. We can also blame it on um, church members. You know, there are hypocrites at church. I can't go to church because I know that that person that sits on the other end of that pew that I sit on, I know what they're involved in. I know the way they talk when they get out of the building. I know some of the places they go. I'm not going to have any part of that kind of thing. And we can excuse ourselves and our absence because of them as well. Bottom line, though, is I want to ask this question. Could the problem be us? Could that be part of the problem? Could it be the case that maybe we need to make some changes with the way we view church and the way we view our membership in the church? Does there need to be a shift in our view of church membership? Let's take a look at that this morning. And I want to just share two things with you that may need to be shifted with reference to our membership. The first one is this. We may need to have a shift or make a shift in our view of what it means to be a member of the church. There's a lot of people that balk at membership because they see it as institutional. They see it as just you know, uh, signing up for some club, some social organization. They see membership, and many people see, when we talk about church membership, we see a roster. We see a name on a list. And and we see ourselves as simply uh, filling a position, a spot. Uh, You know, I'm part of the group. If that's what we see when we see church membership, we have seen the wrong thing. You see, church membership is not about having your name on a roster. Church membership in a biblical sense is about function. 
In fact, you want to read about membership. You know, people balk at the idea of membership. The Bible says much about membership in the body of Christ. But it's not about having your name on a roster. It's a different thing altogether. Turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 12. I want you to see what the Lord says. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. The Apostle Paul said, for as we have many members, look at that, members, for we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. There's membership in the body of Christ, but he's not talking about a list. He's not talking about a a roster where you write your name to be included. He's talking about function. We are members. We're parts of an organism. We're parts of a body. And my finger is a member, and my ear is a member, and my eye is a member. And all those members have functions. To do what? To support the whole body. We would be incomplete if, if all those members didn't cooperate and function. Turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, beginning in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we've all been made to drink into one one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member but many. And then he goes down and describes that, you know, whole thing about the eye. We're not all the eye. We're not all the foot. We're not all the hand. We're, we're, we're different. But here's church membership described from a biblical context. It's not about doing something to get your name on a roll so that you can say, look here, my name's on a roll. I'm, I'm a church member. I've got I've got my name on a list, just like they do down at the Lions Club and Kiwanis Club, and and see, I'm a member. That's not church membership. Church membership speaks to function. A church member is someone who is working in the body of Christ to fulfill a function, a needed function. So let me ask you a question. Maybe our view of membership needs shifted. Because let me ask you this. What is your function in the body of Christ? Those of you who would say today that I am a member of the Carnes Church of Christ, great, but we're not talking about a roster. We're talking about a function. What is your function? Have you found a function? It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be spotlight, limelight. It doesn't have to be something that everybody knows about. But there has to be something that you're doing to contribute to the body of Christ. Without membership, without function, you're not a part of the body. In fact, if you stop functioning, you become a detriment to the body. What if my hand just all of a sudden quit? that gets in the way after a while. Uh, you know, I try to do something, it's in the way. It, it doesn't, not only does it not help, but it actually hinders. There needs to be a shift in our view of membership. We need to realize, 
I've got something to do. If I claim to be a disciple of Jesus, if I claim to be a part of the membership of the Carnes Church of Christ, I have a function. I have a work that I need to be a part of and, and be contributing to. And I want to encourage you to think about that today. Like I said, it doesn't have to be limelight. If you need ideas, brainstorm with people. Call people. Say, help me out with this. I, I need to contribute. I want to be a member of the body of Christ in, in a biblical sense. What can I contribute? Brainstorm with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your parents. Contribute something. You know, it could be that you spend five minutes, two minutes every day. And just send somebody a note of encouragement. Be whoever you want. They can be a fellow member of the church. They can be your next door neighbor. They can be a person down the street. They can be somebody who lives in another state. But every day of your life, you're just going to spend two minutes and just say, Hey, you know what? I appreciate you because of such and such. And just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you and you've made an impact on my life. You can be done with that in a minute. And you can make a person's life. By that kind of a note. What, what can you do? What area can you function? That's what church membership is. Maybe we need a shift in our thinking. It's not about a roster. It is about function. Here's a second thing that may need to be shifted. And that is we may need to make a shift in our expectations about church membership. <clears throat> Where did we ever get the notion that church membership has its privileges? Have you ever heard that? I mean, that may work great for American Express. It aren't, isn't it American Express that says membership has its privileges? I, th- I think that's their slogan. But where did we get the notion that membership is about perks and it's about things that do me good, that, that help me. You know, I want to be a member of the church because of the perks, you know, things that I get. If that's what you're thinking, there needs to be a shift in the way you view membership. Because when you look at what the Bible teaches about membership, it it's not about privileges. It's not about perks. It's about service. It's about sacrifice. It's about showing compassion and care uh, for other people. Well, it's about having a place and a platform, a, a community in which we get to practice being like Jesus. That's what membership is. And you see, those who would say, you know what, I, I'm telling you what, I, I don't like the way things go, the way things go at church. I, there are people there that are hypocrites. There are people there that I don't like their attitude. There are people there that have hurt my feelings. I, I'm going to go somewhere else. Listen, the only person that has the right to bail on the church is Jesus. He was perfect. If anyone could look at a group of people and say, y'all are a bunch of messes, it was Jesus. And he didn't bail out on us. He stayed. The church is not a place where we come looking for perfection. 
and I'm going to settle when I find that perfect church where everybody behaves like they're supposed to. I'm going to settle in that church where the leaders always lead just like I think they should. That's where I'm going to settle. I'm going to settle in a church that always does the things that I think are wise and good and and the people aren't ever going to talk about each other and there's going to be nobody that runs a little loose with their lips and and all this. That's the kind of church that I'm going to settle in. If I can't find it, I'm out of here. Well, two things. You miss the purpose of membership and you're just trading problems for unknown problems, known problems for unknown problems. Because you're never going to find that kind of a place. Church membership is about living in a community with imperfect people and dealing with it. We don't bail on each other. We don't run away from each other. We don't leave each other hanging. We understand that we're flawed and that we're trying to be like Jesus. I'm not talking about high-handed, rebellious people that say, man, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care about God. I don't care about Jesus. I'm doing my own thing. If that's the problem, then that's not going to be easily fixed. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that want to do right. They want to serve God, but they're weak. They make mistakes in judgment. They talk too much sometimes. They do the wrong things. They hurt each other. We step on each other's toes, that kind of thing. If I run from those kind of people, I miss an opportunity to learn how to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? What did he do when he met Imperfect people. Church membership isn't about loving those who are lovable. It's about learning to love those who aren't lovable. That's what it means to be a member of the church. To love our unlovable parts. If Jesus, imagine Jesus having such love for disciples, for people, and they turn around and they don't reciprocate that love. Imagine what Jesus must have felt like. But did he bail? Did he give up? Did he pull back? No, he loved them anyway. Now in church, I have an obligation. I have an opportunity to to be like Jesus. That's what we're doing here is trying to learn how to be like Jesus. And so there are going to be times when I love a person... And they respond in a way that I wish they wouldn't. What's my reaction going to be? What was the reaction of Jesus? That's what I need to do. Jesus didn't run from those people that didn't love him. He still loved them. Nor should we run from people who don't always respond the way we think they should respond. What about the care and the compassion that Jesus showed on people? That He showed compassion and had mercy, and these people acted like no big deal. That happens to us sometimes. Church membership is about opportunities to practice, to, to be apprentices, of Jesus and to learn how to do what he did and develop the attitudes that he had. And we're going to have to deal with people that are imperfect and they're not all that they should be. And we have to learn patience and long-suffering and forgiveness. 
It's the exercise of those disciplines. That's what it means to be a member of the church. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3 says that we're to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's a, that's a commission that we're given to, to work at unity. Why? Because there are going to be things that threaten unity. There's going to be imperfection in us. There's going to be talk and actions that have the potential to divide the body of Christ. But he tells us, don't run from that. Work with it. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What do we do in the body of Christ? when there's someone who isn't what they ought to be, they're struggling. Do we run away and try to find another church where we don't have to deal with people like that? Or do we invest ourselves and does that part get our attention as we try to cover and make them presentable? There needs to be a shift in the way we view membership. It's not about finding a group of people that have everything all together and that have their name on a roster. Quite the contrary. Membership, from a biblical standpoint, is about function. This is a testing ground, a place where we practice the Lordship of Jesus. And we practice it among ourselves who are imperfect. And, and because of that, then we learn such concepts as patience and forbearance and, and forgiveness because we have to use it all the time. But the more we do that, the closer to God we become. The more like Jesus we become. And that's the goal. You see, there were two groups of people that I talked about in the beginning. The one couple said, I see imperfection in this church. We're out of here. Their problem was that they saw church as something that was supposed to serve them. They had forgotten that they, as a member of the body of Christ, should have been rallying to whatever flaws they saw to try to fix it, to try to mend it, to try to make it what it ought to be. Their mode of operation was run from it. That's not what church membership is. The other family, on the other hand, they were part of the same congregation. They'd been there longer than the other couple had been. They knew and know the flaws but they saw the good. A lot of it had to do with their perception, what they chose to focus upon. I'm not saying church membership means you overlook sin and you just get along. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying church membership loves with the love of Christ. It sees errors. It sees imperfections. It sees immaturity. And it doesn't run from them. And the reason is because I have those things in my own life. It would be hypocritical to run. Because I'm imperfect. What it does is it calls us to be like Jesus. And we get to practice with each other. And it's it's a thing that we grow up together to become more and more like Jesus. We may need to make some shifts in the way we think about membership. Membership is about functioning in the body of Christ. 
It's about seeking unity and, and helping one another. It's about practicing forgiveness and showing compassion, practicing forbearance. It's about not always getting your way. It's about falling deeply in love with the bride of Christ. And when you do that, you can overlook the flaws. Love covers a multitude of sins. Not excuses, but seeks to properly cover sin. Let's be members of the body of Christ. Let's take joy in the fact that we are members of the church of Jesus Christ. Not that I have my name on a roster, but that I am a functioning part of the body of Christ. Let's make a shift in the way we view membership. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, I want to encourage you to obey the gospel and to become a member, not, not you know, having your name written down, but a functioning part of this body. If you're a child of God already, you've obeyed the gospel, maybe it's time and if you look at your life, you say, I haven't been functioning. Oh, I viewed it as, you know, I have my name on the list, I go to church, but but I haven't been doing. Then find a way to serve God. Renew, recommit yourself today to finding some way that you're going to become involved in the function of this body of believers. If there's anyone here that needs to be baptized into Christ, we'll assist you in that this morning. If you need the prayers of your brethren, won't you come as we stand together and sing?